You've tuned in to another episode of the Adeptus Terror podcast, hosted by Sam, Matt, and Neil. Put your feet up and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the episode, which is kind of a half mini episode. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the number. We're not going to call it a full number because of that it's, point. It's like 92.5 or something along that line. Yeah, we're, we're not going to call it a full number, but hello and welcome to the Adeptus Terror podcast. This is uh, a 0.5 episode. Um, the reason it is a 0.5 episode uh, is, is, is an interesting tale of how busy March actually is. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So, unfortunately... This is going to sound like one of those unfortunately, fortunately games that you play as a kid. <laughs> um, so we were meant to be recording on the 19th of March, which is, uh, as of today, what, about two weeks ago. Uh, yep. And unfortunately, um, I got COVID um, and was not quite up to recording at that point. Um, also, Neil got COVID and was not he up to recording at that point either. Uh, and then following that week, um, the 26th, uh, Matt and I... Uh, and various friends of the podcast went to an event. Um, we did indeed. We went to uh, the Age of Empires event, um, and uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, so what we've decided to do is rather than put out no episode, because arguably it's the 30th today and the episode's meant to go out tomorrow, um, <laughs> instead of putting out no episode, we've decided we're going to put out a, uh, a almost not a review, um, but a, a recount of our time at uh, the Edge of Empires event and and to kind of talk about it as quite excitingly we've got our event coming up in in October and it's always nice to go to other people's events and to see how they do it and and what we like what we necessarily don't like about it and and actually try and make uh, a a better event because of because of that um so what we're going to do is uh we're just going to jump straight in we're going to start with Friday uh a Friday morning, the 25th, where when we started our epic journey, the 300 <laughs> odd miles to the north of the country. To the frozen, or not so frozen north. It was actually really warm. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, was. So, uh, as I said, Friday the 25th. Uh, so Friday the 25th was when we headed off to uh, the, the not so frozen north of Durham to attend the Edge of Empires uh, Fallen, uh, the Fall of Angels event. Um, which is the? Am I right in saying the third, uh, the third in the series of of, of, of the events they're running, the trilogy yeah, of stories? So it was yeah, the end of the trilogy of the story thread that they were running, following two characters, uh, one from the loyalist perspective and one from the traitor's perspective. Um, and I, I want to say that we may have been at the first one. Yeah, yeah, we um, it, which was obviously quite a few years ago. But COVID, so it probably should have finished when we obviously were at the original event or when we should have been going, which was, I don't know, September 20, was it? Yeah, 2020? Something like that. Something something like that. that. Um, uh, but yeah, so this is Company of Legends, um, Edge of Empire, have run it for, for many years. Uh, it's kind of a, a well-known event and sells out very quickly. So we were very uh, uh, happy to get tickets for it and uh, we're happy indeed to finally be able to go uh, once this silly virus has not got as many restrictions. I won't say it's dealt with because it's clearly not, but less restrictions. <laughs> so the the uh, the event has a in-depth and detailed narrative that, that goes alongside and, and they've done some voice acting with it. They've, they've written it all down. It is a phenomenally detailed 
um account of 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 the event and and that is all documented on a a document so what we'll do is when we put this episode out we'll share that link as well um yeah full full credit to edge of empire uh they've done some fantastic backstory and actually uh i try i read through all of it in about like three days it's quite a big detailed chunk of yeah there's lots there yeah lots there in different bits as well so it's not just like here's a 40 page novella it's like here's a couple of pages here and then here's some maps and here's this yeah. and listen to this audio clip and yeah. yeah and and all of the the narrative is is was driven by the previous six events that took place so what they tend to do is they tend to play uh like a round one of of, of the first uh installment and then they replay that again um the, the later that year and then they move on to round two and do that again and three so so this is the end now, and 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 all of those events have 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 um, have impacted the narrative and how it goes, and and it was really cool to be part of that, and in two separate occasions. Mm. Um. So Friday, so Friday saw uh, Frosty uh, from Phosphine Studios um, coming to uh, pick me up in a not so weird way at like nine o'clock in the morning. Um, we then went and got Matt, and then we went and picked up yep. Simon. Um, Simon, you may be aware of, he was the World Eaters player that came on the uh, when we did our escalation challenge. Um, and off on our merry way, did we uh, did we go to Warhammer World? Uh, we where... did, and other than a few wrong turnings because we kept distracting our driver, mm-hmm. um, uh, we made it to Warhammer World, and we were very pleased to be back. It's been quite a few years for for both of us, isn't it? No, um, I was there last year. Were you there last year? Yeah. Whenever I go oh, to the north, I, I always forget. stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot you, you and your jaunts with your wife. Yeah. Um, but yes, we, as in a collective. Yes. Yeah, you know, we don't refer to those times you cheat on me and, and go off with your wife. Yes. Um, uh, haven't been for, for a while. So it was nice to walk through. Uh, it's always nice to go to Warhammer World and see the little changes that they make each time because we're not there, you know, month in, month out, or a couple of times a year. It's normally once a year once every other year and obviously this time even more extended because of the virus um it was really cool to see the kind of differences and like the forge world wall has been knocked down and all the shops run amongst each other and yeah that uh, was quite cool cool. so so rather than so what used to happen was when you go up the stairs on the left hand side is the games workshop side you go out into the main hall and then on the right hand side is forge world what they've done is they've removed that wall now and now it's just one big shop and they've placed the forge world related items next to their 40k factions in the games workshop side uh and then taken the heresy and the specialist games and and filled up what was the forge world shop yeah which you could argue heresy is a specialist game yeah um it's obviously a bit larger of a specialist game than something like necromunda but only really in scale because necromunda is a skirmish game and 30k can go all the way up to kind of apocalypse levels Mm -hmm. absolutely um and um so when we were there we got lunch uh we met up with uh, a few other people so two friends of mark's um chris and john uh, and then we met up with listener james uh james gibb or glib depending on who you talk to and um we all they were having a game they got there significantly earlier than us because mark took like nine wrong turns and we had a wonderful <laughs> tour of the wrong city and it was all great but they got there argu- earlier than us so they all had a a good game. Uh, we ate some food, uh, made some obligatory pur- purchases from the store. Um, Indeed. What, what did you, what did you pick up, Matt? 
so I ended up picking up a Night Lords Praetor. So this is the Jump Pack Praetor. It's been out for a while. Uh, don't own that model. I actually wanted it for the helmet and um, one of the shoulder pads for a conversion that I have at home already. And then I decided that, well, I basically out of this one kit, I can make two characters for my Night Lords. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt like a, a decent investment. I mean, I was looking at Forge World Ripper Swarms because that Tyranid itch is, is quite strong at the moment. And uh, I also looked for the, I think it's called the Frag Drill, bit of terrain that I think has Gene Steeler cult rules because that's like impossible to find. And sadly, Forge World, uh, not Forge World, Warhammer World uh, didn't have it either. So um, I think that's something worth talking about a little bit. That for uh, Warhammer World always felt like the place you could go and get anything um, in the past. And yeah. I think increasingly so, and probably the same for the last time we went as well. It feels just like a bigger shop. Now, it's still exciting. You've still got all of the Forge World stuff that they have in stock. Um, and like you say, it's now all intermingled, which is cool. So you're not having to go between two different stores to find the thing you want. Um, I thought that was really cool. But it it does feel a little bit less well-stocked than it once was. The only thing, I guess, is that um, they still honor the, hey, if you buy it now, we'll ship it to you for free. Um, yes. And they do honor the, if you're here tomorrow, we can get you one made and bring it bring it to you. Yeah. Um, so they still they still do that, which is cool. But I, I think you're right. I think the so I wanted um some tech thrills. I was gonna buy the actual tech thrill models and ditch my Sigatari. Uh and they weirdly they were like, We can see on the system we've got like six in stock, but we can't find them. Um yeah. and, and I think actually the mingling of the products, the product lines, may have not have helped that because it means yeah. that they have to go between the two and they're like okay well maybe they've been put in the mechanicum stuff in in or mechanica stuff in 40k right let's go look there no they're not there okay what about this storage cabinet over here and and to be fair to the the guy he was like cool go get a drink play the rest of your game whatever you're doing and then i will continue looking and and we'll we'll find, figure something out for you and uh, unfortunately they didn't have that so um it was a little bit weird and they also didn't have an Arvis lighter, which I would have happily would have purchased. But yeah, <laughs> that sounds upsetting. Yeah, we we had that obligatory conversation on the way in the car um, of like this is our halfway stop, but it's Warhammer World, so what are you gonna get? And uh, there was a one point where I was thinking, oh, do you know what? Like, I'm just buying Ripper Swarms because I want to buy something, and it's Forge World, and it's in front of me. Um, and it wasn't until I really thought about it and thought about, you know, cutting and splicing the Praetor up to make two characters where it felt like that was actually a good investment rather than just a, a, a fling of money. Um, yeah, that you definitely have that, that drive of, oh, I'm at Warhammer World, I must buy something. Yeah, which I still feel that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I will every time. Every I don't, time. I don't, I can't I don't know help what it, it. I don't know what it is because there's there's you can get everything online. Yeah. And, then, and and it used to be that kind of like annoying shipping was a flat rate regardless of what you bought. Yeah. Um. So it was a, a massive pain if you wanted like a I don't know a, a character model for twenty five quid. You didn't end up paying like five quid just for postage. Whereas now it's ten percent. I think is it still ten percent? Ten percent of, I what, think of so. what it is. No. No, it used to be ten percent. And now it's gone yes. to a flat rate of like two quid or whatever. Yeah, like, whatever the 
Royal Mail postages normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I, I feel like Forge World always has always had that kind of special. Oh, it's Forge World. You don't get this very often. Yeah, from, I think it's it's the uh, it's the Warhammer World experience as well, right? Like yeah, you yeah. turn up, it's a big building, big signs everywhere, statues, the Rhino. Um, yeah. You walk in, you're immersed in the area. You walk into the gaming hall. It's the big castle, loads of tables. It was really busy as well for a Friday. I thought there was loads of people gaming. Yeah, um, which was really cool to see. Um, and then obviously you got the you know the dwarven bar of Bugmans and uh, yeah, all the pretty glass cabinets of all the models that you could buy. Um, I don't know. It just has a charm about it that makes you go, yes, I want to get rid of some cash, please. Um, but yeah, so after hanging out there and having some food um, and uh, kind of, well, I reckon what we got there kind of one ish. And then we were there yeah. till about half three, four. Uh, was it that maybe late? a little bit later no uh, i thought it was um, earlier i thought it was like get there like one left at like three yeah maybe maybe i might be misremembering so yeah so we all jumped back in the car and then headed up to durham which was a nice easy drive actually um didn't really hit rush hour at all i didn't feel it just all kind of went quite smoothly um and then uh, we arrived at the uh, adventure center the scout center more house something i can't remember what it was called um and uh, yeah, and we kind of grabbed our stuff and went and said hello to uh, Mike and Graham and Chris and whoever else. Buddy was already there, wasn't he? So we we said hello. Uh, that's where we first met Buddy. Yep. So it was cool to kind of catch up with him in person again after you know four years or so, um, and settled in. Yeah, and I had a game with with James against uh, for Aeronautica, so the the the, the planes. Um, oh yeah which which is cool we're not going to really talk about that now we'll talk about that in the next episode a bit more but um as a first intro to the game it was it was good um i think coming out the back of playing quite a bit of x-wing um over the last couple of weeks with friends um i think it 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 had the similar vibe but a little bit more complicated um Mm. so but it was good we'll we'll talk about that again in a bit in the future yeah and i and i had a uh a uh zm game against simon yeah yeah, Which so was stupid because it so, was. So yeah, so it was quarter past ten in the evening. We've been travelling all day, and James was like, "Look, Matt, your army's there. I'm here. I want to play you. Let's let's play a ZM." And I was like, "Joe, you know what? I haven't got a good enough excuse to say no." Even though all the way up in the car, I was telling Sam he was crazy for playing Aeronautica, and I was like, "I've got five games this weekend. There's no way I'm playing on the Friday." And then James was like, almost throw the gauntlet down and went, look, let's go. And uh, his enthusiasm just grabbed me. And I was like, okay, all right, fine. I'm, I'm awake enough. And I looked at my phone and saw it was quarter past 10. And I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> um, it, it was good to play though, like playing Simon. Uh, I, and... It was great. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your game with Simon briefly? So I can't really remember it too much. <laughs> um, so <laughs> there were many games. There were many games over the weekend, and I think the most memorable moment, most memorable moment, was um, Simon runs World Eaters, and he runs a uh, is it a Pravian with two Contemptors or a uh, it's a Mortifactor. Mortifactor with two Contemptors, and I think yeah. the most memorable thing for me was chain firing um, my uh, from three inches my. Um, more attack with Infernus pistols and <laughs> um, turn one or two, two, it must have been turn two, um, and 
completely destroying that whole unit just mm. murdering the unit i i myself had my my bottom handed to me after that moment but <laughs> because Simon, simon's force is incredibly strong mm. um, yes we will get to that when i we get to our official games for the event yeah um but that that is the standout moment for me because i absolutely annihilated those that unit yeah. which is like a what like a three four hundred point unit oh yeah a, with like a hundred and ten point more attack it felt good that's awesome uh yeah mine and james game was pretty smooth um i believe was it kill points I think so. Um, I remember basically he had a, a control of a long corridor with his grav cannon staring down at me and I was trying to avoid that at all costs. There was a few times where I tactically withdrew as an ultramarine player and ducked around a corner so he couldn't shoot at me. Um, there was a good old fight in the middle of Terminators and uh, Dreadnoughts and Praetors and it was just a good old bit of bloodbath. Uh, my Praetor went on a bit of a killing mission with my suzerains and cut through, I think his breaches. Um, he had his navigator as well, which he built for our ZM third challenge. Eye, third eye wonder. Yeah. 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 Opening his third eye and just flame a weaponing things going, take a toughness test. You may just instantly die. And yeah. um, that was pretty scary. Um, and trying to avoid that at all costs. And, uh, I, I know that I got the win, so I was very happy. Um, Did so, you win? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we're currently dubbing James the anti Tanel because Tanel has beaten all three of us, and so far James is zero and two. No, no, no. I mean, he has beaten you. Yeah, like yeah. What? But that's the only game I've played against him, and he's lost. So I'm going to hold that until until he wipes the floor with me, probably in 40k when I try and get the yeah. Tyranids out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. And you know what? We finished, and it was like little after 11 and uh you know i didn't feel too bad it was nice to kind of get those rusty gaming uh tropes out the way felt like i knew how to look through my cheat sheets that i'd made a little bit better and you know my dice bag first time using my dice tray thing so that was cool um getting all the templates out all all the kind of rusty bits that you don't really think about when you haven't been gaming uh, so it was nice to have that kind of opportunity on friday evening and i think we stayed up a little bit longer didn't we and then it kind of got to around midnight and we were like mm, we've got three games tomorrow let's go to bed yeah um so yes yeah, so we went up to our rooms um now there was five of us sharing a room um so it was uh me and sam and simon james and uh paul spuddy um so that was really cool all a bunch of people that we knew which was uh, made it a little bit easier um and uh mark retreated to have a, his own room which i think at his age was probably a wise move yeah <laughs> i was thankful um, as uh, we were the passengers on the way home so it was nice that he got a uh, an un- uninterrupted sleep yes as good as he could do with uh being away but yeah so uh, and then i guess we get to saturday morning up we get showered and dressed and breakfasted and then we turn to our game one um, what was your game one, Sam? So my game one, the mission was called The Road to uh, New Biridon, uh, which is a counter-attack mission. Um, and uh, y- you have the idea of hunters and hunted. Um, the, the the deployment to so the, hun- the hunted player chooses their deployment quarter, uh, the deployment quarter, and deploys first. Anywhere in their deployment quarter, that is nine inches away from the center of the table. The hunted player can only deploy troops and heavy support uh, units at the start of the battle. Uh, 
Now the hunter can deploy anywhere nine inches away from the table center in the opposite side deployment quarter. Um, the first turn, the hunted player goes first uh, unless the hunter uh, player can seize the initiative. Um, so it seems pretty straightforward. The, 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 the primary objectives of the game was to um, get two objectives. So there was an objective in, in um, where was it, in, in the middle of each quarter. Uh, so the primary objective was to gain th three victory points uh, at the end of the game for whoever controls the objectives. And then from turn two onwards, if you've got two or more of the primary objectives, you get one mission point. So there's potentially what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight mission points available here. Uh, and then standard Slay the Warlord, First Blood, and Last Man Standing. Now, that all sounds really good for me, um, like troops and uh, heavy support on the board. So that's fine. The majority of mine are troops. However, that means I can't deploy my um, command rhino. So actually, mm. that's a really good point. Let's just quickly blast through my lists. This is the same. Yeah, one I was going to say we should time. probably do that. Yeah. Yeah, this is the same list I took the entire way through. Um, yeah, as with every event, you take a list, and that's your list for the weekend. So. Um, Sam took his Day of Revelation Blood Angels and I took my Armoured Breakthrough Ultramarines and yeah. I'll go through my list uh, probably game two because my game one wasn't uh, like Sam's one sure so my list uh, my my main list was a Damocles Command Rhino uh, Chaplain and Moratap um, both with jump packs uh, and um, an Infernal Pistol on the Moratap uh, two squads of five Angels Tears with a grenade launcher in there, Melter Bombs and uh, Volkite Serpenters. Very good at uh, killing uh, troops, which is cool. Um, Apothecaries, uh, three of them uh, to go with each of the 15-man assault squads with power axes, three power axes, should I say. Uh, and the sergeant has artificial armor and a power fist. Uh, also, a Dawnbreaker cohort um, with Equinox Power Blades and Fallen Sp uh, Star Pattern Power Spear on the sergeant. Um... In my fast attack slot, I've got a, uh, a Storm Eagle assault gunship with twin link las cannons and twin link multi melter. I have one four man squad of jet bikes with multi melters on the front and additional combat weapons, which uh, did not come in handy whatsoever. Um, and then finally, I brought Sanguinius with the Spear of Tostido, uh, Telesto, God, that's a mouthful, and uh, Moon Silver Blade. Um, so pretty, pretty good list, uh, pretty standard Blood Angels uh, type list. Um, the idea would be that uh, turn one, uh, all that will be on the board is the Command Rhino. And then my turn one, um, all of my deep striking units can deep strike in. Um, so it's kind of uh, a punch to the face of, of, of all of the Marines. My Right of War, the Day of Revelation, allows me to get a five up cover save the turn I deep strike. Um, so they're pretty resilient to stay there, but the, the, the apothecaries help the assault squads not take too much uh, casualties. Uh, and then eventually the Storm, uh, the Storm Eagle uh, assault gunship and the jet bikes will come in. However, with this list, um, where you're only allowed to, you can't deploy anything but troops uh, or heavy supports, um, I uh, made the mistake, well, I didn't make the mistake, I, I deployed one assault squad on an objective um, to get that. And then I deployed my um, jet bikes because they, I have pretty poor luck when it comes to to deep strike, even with my reroll from the command mm. from the command rhino. Um, so I decided to, hey, why not? Let's I can let's put the heavy support jet bikes um, on the uh, on the field. Now, what is a, a bit of a twist with this mission? Uh, you get what's called ambush reserves. So the hunted player, which was me, uh, may place any number of units in reserve, which is amazing. 
Uh, and the hunter player may place up to a maximum of half the units in reserve, um, which is cool as well. The only other thing is the hunted, me, can, uh, can enter from edge of two different quarters table, which, to be honest, when I read it, was super confusing, so I had to get a bit of clarification. It means that I can effectively come in from the, uh, either of the quarters that I that I have on, on my side of me. Um, and then that's it. That's pretty good. Oh, the only thing is uh, I have stealth um, on all units that start on the board as long as they don't, and I have it until they move, run, or charge. So okay, my, so you so can my, hunker down almost. Yeah, which is what I did with my assault squad. My assault squad, um, they pretty much just sat on the objective the entire game behind an Aegis defense line with stealth, not moving, and um, <laughs> held an objective. Because part, what I was trying to do is every time I was like, just play the mission, play the mission, play the mission. Because I, I tend to have a, especially with that list, I tend to have a um, an awful time where I will try and... Um, where I'll, I'll try and just do what I do every time run at the enemy punch me in the face and hopefully I win yeah. murder yeah exactly which is fine kind of um, but it, it it just um, yeah it, it, I thought I kept having to remind myself to play the mission and to, to yeah. stay on stay on course effectively mm. um, now my opponent my opponent this is the first time I've ever played a pure solar auxiliary list um, mm. which actually after in our car ride up deciding to do a solar auxiliary list in 30k <laughs> was actually quite nice to play um, so you didn't you didn't go through what you purchased at Warhammer World nah, which we can we'll, fit in somewhere we'll, but. we'll do that later so I played a guy called Eric um, he brought a um, Lord Marshal with an architect pistol, artificial armor, cyber familiar, digital lasers, grav wave generator, iron halo, muscle power fist, and side jammer. Basically, the nearly the same way that I built mine. Uh, he brought a navigator <laughs> with their scary third eye, uh, a tactical command squad um, with grenade launchers, uh, medicays, a Reaper battery with a laser destroyer array, um, engine seer auxilia with um, six sir, uh, six what they called um servo automata uh with heavy bolters and servo arms which are terrifying in close combat <laughs> um a household retinue squad with power axes and shrouds they're inside a inside a transporter um a flamer section a laser rifle section um with a uh all rocks command uh all rocks armor transporter uh, another last section and a velitus storm section as well uh, with three Lehman Rust battle tanks, a Castellax uh, battle automator, uh, Manipal with so two of those with enhanced targeting uh, arrays and dark fire cannons. So now I know how it feels. <laughs> uh, and then a three-man Thalax cohort with multi-melters mm. and chain blades. And then finally, he bought a Macarius Vanquisher uh, with heavy bolts, uh, heavy nice. bolts sponsors. So I had a bit of a rough time in this game. Um, so turn one. Obviously, I only had one unit and a heavy and then and the bike, the, the the jet bikes on the board, um, and yeah, it went pretty rough uh, to start with. <laughs> uh, I, I I I mistakenly left like three or four guys out of the cover of a bastion um, on my assault squad, so they were gone. Um, and then I think I lost two jet bikes turn one, um, yeah. and then thankfully uh, I obviously get my reserves in. Um, so everything came on um, in turn one that could. So assault squad, Sanguinius, um, which when you're deep striking them in the back lines of an auxiliary, uh, a, a his list, certainly, um, it's quite scary for them. 
and yeah. uh, they t- they then they left everything else alone and just focused on Sanguinius. Yeah, um, this was um, Eric's first game, second game. So this was his second, second game, game of of heresy. Of heresy. Yeah. And 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 to be fair, it was he was really good. He was really good, and it was a really good game, and I enjoyed it. And and there was a few moments where I was like, "Hey, you could do this," and then it would mean, "Oh, this yeah. will happen." So like Flamers being able to get more guys. Rather yeah, than I did come over and screw you a little bit with that. <laughs> well, it's it's fine. I don't care. Like it's it's his second game, and I no, totally. like I. In the end, I won anyway, um, and and it 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 doesn't like. I'd rather he have an enjoyable time than mm. than me be like, oh, snigger snigger. He 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 didn't get, he couldn't get more of those because he didn't know. Um, yeah, exactly. What was a pain was the vanquisher, the the Macarius vanquisher. Um, that was a pain that killed a lot of a lot of people. I think I ended up with one jet bike left. Um, who just charged towards it and multi mold it to death with Sanguinius. <laughs> um, the engine seer with the um, servo automator they were painful as well um they charged one of my um dawnbreaker squad not my dawnbreaker squads i always get this wrong they charged my that is not the right mouse this is what happens when you have three laptops on a table um <laughs> they charged my angels tear squads uh and annihilated them uh they yeah. murdered uh, an assault squad as well like it was a proper bloodbath it was insane yeah. um but it was good the probably the best things that happen in the whole game, I think that's a good way of doing it. Best thing yeah. that happened in the whole game was the command rhino dropping his ordnance blast template on top of his commander and murdering him. <laughs> like, as in, I think in one turn I killed half of his command retinue because because of this one template, and Amazing. then and then Sanguinius charging the um, the super heavy tank and. Um, Sanguinius gets a Hammer of Wrath, Strength 10, AP 2, or something like that. It's Strength 10, AP something. Um, hammer of Wrath into the side of this vehicle and, and just flips it over and blows it up. <laughs> it was it was so good. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good game. I really enjoyed it. The deployment was interesting. Um, I've got all the missions for it, so I would like to try and play them again. This one um, was a little bit complicated with the rules, but once you kind of get your head around it, it was nice. And actually, scoring-wise, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I, th- I found with all of the missions, they were all tweaked, right? So uh, you had to get your head around them, but they were all simple enough, certainly in scoring as well. I never yeah. felt like the scoring was awkward. It, no. Once you had your head around the missions, they weren't too bad until you get super, super tired, and we'll talk about that at game five. Um, yeah. But my first game, hilariously, I got drawn against Simon. So yeah, after traveling seven hours, I played someone who lives 15 minutes away from my house. Um, which was really cool. It was actually really nice to, uh, one, play a friend as first game back, as it were, and ease into the event. But also, um, we were playing um, Zone Mortalis. So they had uh, kind of majority was uh, 6x4, 3,000-point games, but you were probably likely to play one round of Zone Mortalis. Now, unfortunately for the event, and I think they were quite open about this, they didn't get as much Zone Mortalis that they expected. So we were playing on smaller boards. So two by two? They I think no, they might three have by been three. A, it was I think they three. were three by threes. Now, three by three to four by four doesn't sound like a lot, but it completely changed. Wait, it's the assault game. it's assault's turn one, isn't it? Like with yeah, a, with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a long charge. So yeah. I mean, and we, we talked to Chris, who was kind of our loyalist um leader as it were like one of the members of the podcast running the event and we said the uh, it says the objectives need to be 12 inches from a board edge and another um, objective 
And then we pointed out to him that that's the other side of the board on the other board edge. That, that like it was impossible. So we we kind of made it up, and I think we did six inches from an edge and maybe eight or ten inches from each other. Um, so there were like a small little option to put these two um, objectives down. Now, also in the in the first mission, um, you had to put uh, the defender, who were the loyalists, so myself. Uh, had to split their army into half um, based on the number of units and deploy half of them, um, representing you responding to the attacking force. Now, normally in a zone mortalis, the attacker also does this, but in this mission, the attacker got to deploy their entire force. So Simon put out his Berserker Assault World Eaters. Very, very scary, scary, choppy, choppy. Um, I believe he had the Red Hand Destroyers as well, the Special Destroyer Squad that came out in the exemplary battles. He had his um, tactical squads who were all super, like, you know, juiced up and nails in the head as, you know, butcher's nails, the good old uh, world eaters and feel no pain this and hatred that and very, very scary and choppy, choppy. And then the uh, Mortifactor with his two contemptors, Cortis contemptors. Um, now, unfortunately, Sam's right. It was Assault Turn 1. And what that meant for me was both my two units that were on the board were dead at the end of turn one. Um, no, sorry, end of his turn two. So I had one turn with them. Um, and then neither of my reserves turned up, so I lost the game. Yep. So I, I technically had one round and he had two. Um, it was just one of these unfortunate things. He made like a 11-inch charge with his contemptors, and I fluffed i think i got flamed my terminators got flamed i had seven terminators uh under the template in a nice line for his flamer um and i had to pass seven saves and i failed five of the seven two up saves which is a very unlucky roll um <laughs> and then those two terminators quickly disappeared in uh, a puff of red smoke getting chopped by some chain axes um, so yeah, it just it was what it was. Um, Simon felt really bad, bless him. But it just roll of the dice, boards being a bit too small, which was a shame. Um, so yeah, my first game technically was over very very quickly. Now, if you were playing Zone Mortalis, um, you had a second mission, which me and Simon weren't aware of. So we kind of were walking around and chatting to people, and one of the hosts noticed that we were walking around and like, "Are you finished already?" And I kind of explained, and they went, "Oh." poor you <laughs> and then handed us the second mission so we went back and we played that now that was four objectives uh, well d3 plus one objectives and we got four um and they were armor 11 one hole point um they had a four up involve versus uh shooting see um, they, I, in my in, in my second game spoiler uh was zone metallus as well um and i had the same one i had the same the same mission Oh, okay, with cool. The, so they just with, repeated those, did they? Yeah, which, which is which is that was my first one. My second one was different. Um, and I oh, think okay. I think that's a quite a common ZM mission. Like I've definitely yes. played that before. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is. Um, and because there was the both sides splitting their forces into, um, it felt a little bit more uh, safer for me um, as the defender. And it and it was. It got we got to like turn four. Um, I got kind of penned into a corner because Simon's list had so many bodies on Zone Mortalis and it being such a small board, he was right on top of me. 
And I had my kind of Terminators and Dreadnought just holding the corridors going, you can't get this objective. Unfortunately, he was able to get to the others. And so he won that game as well. So I was coming off a, a, a couple of losses, but I was happy to get ZM out of the way. I came to play my 3K tank force and I knew that ZM was done. I also, it was really great to play Simon and they were really fun games. I mean, our first one, we, uh, once it kind of finished, he was like, oh, do you want to bring your reserves in and just kind of, you know, play? Because we thought we had all this time. We didn't realize there was a second mission. So we we brought on those two squads and they, they did eventually get chopped up, but I did actually kill some models. So that was quite fun. So I think that's super important. So um, in my game five, spoiler, that 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 happened. I'm, I murderized the person I was playing in, in on by turn two. And, and I was like, do you, do you want to continue? Like, cause I, I don't want to, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, cool, we're done. Bye. Which you could very easily do on fifth. But I was yes. like, do you want yeah, to continue? Yeah. Like, just bring your reserves in, like roll for them again. And, and like, we'll just carry on because ultimately I've won, whatever. I don't really care that much. Um, but it'd be really cool to see what your army can do. And yeah. And, and just have some fun with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The worst thing, like Simon was like, oh man, like this is your first, game and you know you've you've been wiped out in like two one and a half turns really like yeah you know, why he was worried better? yeah well yeah i mean that was one of the problems i mean one of the the big thing with that i think was board size right yes um i i had to defend those objectives because he basically had to come in and steal them so they're almost like relic yeah um and if they i got two victory points if he never touched them like never controlled them or one if he controlled them and then I killed the carrier. Yeah. But that would be quite hard because he could just grab it and then leg it to the other side of the board and hide around corners. And so I was like, well, I need to kind of be on these. Otherwise, he's going to be on top of them turn one and just run off with them. But that meant that I was going to get charged first turn. So it was a bit of a lose-lose in that situation. But um, yeah, he was worried that I was, I think, that I was going to be a bit demoralized and then that was going to bleed into the other games. Yeah. But I think... It might have done if it was a 3K game and it went that quickly, but it was 12.50, it was ZM, it was almost like a semi didn't count in my brain. You know, it was just like, a, cool, that round's done, let's move on to what I'm actually here to do. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. And, and because it was someone I really I knew really well, like Simon, um, it meant that, you know, we could have those conversations of, you know, like, do you want to bring your reserves on? And it wasn't like this awkward tension of, oh, how's the person going to take it? It was just, yeah. uh, it was friends, right? It could have happened at his house. So it, that, that was nice. It was really nice to have to deal with that kind of, what could be awkward amongst strangers was easy with friends. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, uh, yeah. And, it, and it's nice to know that, you know, the person you're playing who did just dump your face, um, wasn't like oh yeah ha 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 or i'm really proud of myself he was like oh man i feel bad and that was nice you know like in a weird way um but yeah they, they were my games one and two but technically round one uh we did we stop for lunch at this point yeah 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 so we stopped for lunch and just kind of chatted about our games and kind of walked around looked at armies uh i think at this point people would put their armies out for voting for best painted yeah um, I voted for a lovely White Scars tank force, which was really interesting to see. And they were just very, very well painted. So I voted for them. Um, who did you vote for? Um, I can't remember. Oh, okay. They're like... <laughs> and very pretty. The The painting levels up there for the event were very high. Majority mm. of the armies were very, very well painted and really, really pretty. 
Um, again, photos you can see up on the Edge of Empire podcast page. I think they have a listeners community page. I think you can even actually find the event, even though it was a past event, and still go into that as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go and check those things out if you want. Um, we've got a few that we should probably upload um, maybe tomorrow when this drops. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a good Good morning, shall we say. I, I wasn't dimmed, even though I'd got absolutely tranched sure. by some world eaters. Uh, so I'll quickly go on to my ZM game. So I played the same one as uh, as Matt, where you have, was it three objectives? We only rolled two. Two objectives that have an armor value and you have to protect at all costs. I played a guy called Grant Wills, um, who is actually from a, another podcast. So Grant Wills is from Throwing Dice podcast. Um, he brought Demon of the Ruin Storm, um, which they were super nice uh mm. nurgle um nurgle force which strangely not strangely i guess um different was the fact that they weren't painted kind of like how are you merging the classic kind of 40k nurgle they were very skin color um so it, it looked really really cool like if you're gonna go yeah, check it them was out it's really grant, nice it was grant wills um he played his zm force which was two demon uh demon chosen um with wings uh, and various things, crushing claws, sundering fangs, etc. He brought two elites, which was a three-man squad of demon brutes um, yeah. with um, miasma of rot and crushing claws. Uh, and then he brought some lesser demons, so seven of those, uh, a squad of eight demon beasts, and another squad of seven demon beasts. Um, so I got absolutely raffle stomped. <laughs> um, so I brought my my forces a, a praetor. Uh, Iron Halo, Blade of Perdition, Digital Lasers, Melt Bombs, a more attack of Artificial Armor, Inferno Pistols, and a Chainsword. Um, ooh. One squad of Angels Tears, uh, one tactical squad, uh, and my Contemptor in Canadares' uh, Dreadnought. So that's the one with uh, Heavy Flamer and Talon of Perdition. And then finally, a heavy support squad with five missile launchers in there. Did you bring an extra squad of Angel's Tears? I think I did. <laughs> it wouldn't be you if you didn't try and do I, that. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think I did. I mean, and you got stomped, so it's all good. Don't yeah, worry it's about not it. the worst thing in the world. I got absolutely <laughs> ruffle stomped. It was insane. So the 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 first mission we played was the uh, the protect these these areas, um, and I just couldn't do enough to stop the demons coming. Demons are insane. Um, I think turn one his dogs charged my dreadnought and blew it up. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, it was just insane. I held my own against the brutes for a while, um, fighting them off with some missile launchers and um, the Moratat, who is incredibly surprisingly good in close combat. Um, yeah. can definitely hold his own against brutes, but I got absolutely ruffle stomped. Um, I think I lasted three turns and then got tabled. Um, yeah. And then second game, uh, it, it was effectively we were trying to stop the demons from getting off of the board from my deployment. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. that mission before. So, so we switched the board up a little bit, um, moved it around, and I effectively created... There were two two ways off of the board. Um, oh, sorry. Not, so not, not trying necessarily just to stop them getting off the board, but to, um, to keep them out of the deployment zone. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so there was a, quite a big open area. I lined my... Um, my um tactical squad up uh with the praetor 
uh, and gunlined them to death. Um, the portal, we had to make, make some allowances for the portals because yes. the size of the board, there was no actual way of ever going to fit them both on. So we kind of just was like, well, I'll just put them where you can and whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll make the best of it. Uh, again, the brutes came out of the... I, I killed three brutes um, mm-hmm. with the tactical squad and the Praetor in close combat. Um, I sneakily put my missile launchers behind my tactical squad out of harm's way, so they were just shooting over the top of the the combat into <laughs> the 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 um, demons behind. Uh, I then jump packed my dreadnought because it's the one with the jump pack forwards, um, and then he heavy flamed uh, a squad of dogs, um, and then quickly got his ass handed to it again. Um, <laughs> I think it wasn't the dogs that got him that time; it was the lesser demons. Um, with their crushing claws and whatnot. The more attack went after another squad of brutes on his own with, um, the angels tears. Uh, and, or uh, he, I think he got a couple of wounds in, but then ultimately got crushed by the, uh, the, 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 the brutes, um, with the chosen. So that the way that, the, um, Grant ran his list, he was have, uh, three brutes with a demon, uh, a chosen Lord of sorcery with each squad, um, casting all of their, magic trickery and stuff um very beautiful army very hard game i still stand on my soapbox and say demons are broken they need some work i would say in this this um no longer rumored but confirmed fast approaching new edition it'll be very interesting to see what they do if at all with the demons for me it's the two wounds if they're one yeah. wounds, it becomes they become easier to remove from the board rather than yeah. like passing runes around and stuff like that. Mm. So, but yeah. Anyway, we won't we won't dwell on that too much. What was your <laughs> second one? So the, the mission I have is mission two, the prophets of war. No, so we had supply cash, um, which was mission two. Yeah, um, yeah. Prophets of war, supply cash. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, I didn't let you finish. <laughs> um, yeah. So this was um, dawn of war deployment, long long table edges. Um, and then from round two, three, and four, there would be a supply cache crashing on the on the uh, planet on the board, and you rolled off. Uh, the board was cut into six squares, um, two by two squares, and you would roll off, and it would land in that in the center of that square, and then scatter. And that would be your one of your objectives. So there would eventually be three objectives on the board. Um, they can't be within 12 of each other, I believe, as well. So if you roll for the same zone, they could end up there, but you just have to get creative with your scatter if you ended up close to one another. Um, and you wouldn't know the value of these objectives until you were within three inches, as in holding distance, um, of them. So they could be worth one point, two points, or three points due to a D3 roll. Um, so that was the mission. Uh, I played a guy called Sam who had uh, Night Lords, um, he run Terror Assault, which was uh, nice because it was a list that I knew fairly well because I play Terror Assault Night Lords, or have done in the past, I sh- should say, really. Um, so you had Conrad Kurz and three Terror Assault units, um, all with Volkite Chargers, two in Drop Pods and one in a Rhino. Um, he had a big Night Raptor squad with Apothecary. I just want to point out, I didn't cheat. The the <laughs> the, the list is wrong on uh, Edge of I go. did point in to yeah. Angel's Tears Squad and it does come to twelve fifty. Nice. So I, I did not cheat yeah. <laughs> or get it wrong. 
<laughs> I was waiting for the comments uh, under this to to go off, but yeah. well done, well done. Hopefully, people have listened before they then commented and now have probably, posted something. Probably wrong. not. Probably not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, well, so yeah, big Night Raptor squad with Apothecary, a Praetor with a Power Fist, and Kurz himself getting all the um, sh- stealth and shrouded shenanigans. He had a. Sikar uh, and uh, Venator as well, which is the tank hunter, laser destroyer, weapony thingy. Probably one of the nicest looking tanks I think Forge World have ever made, in my personal opinion. Um, and then he rounded out the list with a Storm Eagle and five Terminators. So it's actually quite similar to my list, other than I don't run, I deep struck my Terminators without taking the Storm Eagle and I don't take the Venator. I had Dreadnoughts and Drop Pods. Um, uh, when I used to run that list. So it was fairly simple. Um, I have obviously my 3K um, Ultramarines with Solar Auxiliary Allies. This is the list that I've been manically painting in the recent w- months to get ready. Uh, so that is a Master of Armor in a Predator with Conversion Beamer and Las Cannons, uh, Forge Lord, uh, Thunder Hammer, and all the, all the good stuff. Um, then in Elites, I had two Land Raiders filled with five Terminators in one and then five uh, Invictarus Suzerains, which are the Ultramarine Special Combat Unit. Um, in Troops, I had four Predators, all kitted out the same with Predator Cannon and Heavy Bolt as sponsors. Um, they were my troops due to the Right of War Armoured Breakthrough. I can take tanks as troops, um, but everything has to be in tanks, hence why Land Raiders uh, uh, and alike. Um, what else do I have? I have a Xiphon Interceptor in that list for anti-air and anti-tank on the ground. Um, and then in heavy support, I have two Medusas and two Vindicators with Demolisher Cannons. Uh, to round out the 3K list, I have my Solar Auxilia. So I have a command section inside a Aurox. Uh, I took Chimeras as my Aurox transports because they're very, very similar. Um, I also had a Velotaris Storm section, which are 10 guys with Volkite Chargers. And then I have my Malkador Infernus, which is kind of the, the jewel of the list, the most kind of unusual tank, and it shoots the big apocalyptic flamer. Um, How many times did you shoot it throughout the entire event? Twice. Twice out of five games? Four games. Four games. Can't, can't play in ZM. <laughs> um, but yeah, four games, four, 20 four games. and you shot it twice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one game it didn't even come on, um, but we'll we'll get to that. We will get to that. So yeah, so it was it was good fun game, quite tight. Um, uh, the guy I was playing was fairly new to Night Lords, so he was very very nervous with a big kind of infiltrating, deep striking inventory list, um, and he did really really well. Kurz was an absolute menace in my bat lines, just tearing through tank after tank after tank, um, which was scary. Um, my Malkador scared him so much that after deployment, he deep struck some vets right next to it with combi melters and blew it to hell. So it deployed and then disappeared. Very much like, however, I used to play my uh, Dimacaron for the um, Tyranids. Um, it would get deployed. It's a big Forge World looking scary thing. So people delete it very quickly. Mm. And the Malkador was like that um, in this game, certainly. So that was gone without a shot. Um, and yeah, I was doing decent damage. He kept kind of going to ground, using cover, using his Night Lord saves um, with Night Fighting in effect for most of the game because of Kurs. Um, I, I think turn five, it was 4-4. Four, four, and if it ended 
we would have obviously drawn, and that I was quite happy with that. It was a very, very close game. Um, sadly, it went on till turn seven, and he blew me off of an objective and had one guy within grabbing range of it, um, l- losing me three points and him gaining three points. So I ended up losing 7-1, but it was a very, very close game. Um, and I did kill a Primark, so Curse went bye-bye in the end. So that was kind of a nice little tally. Um, there's a bit of a theme with my games of killing big things, but I don't want to give that away too much. Yet. Have you, have you, what killed him? What killed him? Uh, it was like a Laz cannon from a Land Raider or a Predator cannon from a, a thing. You should, my, you, my, you should put a skull on the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, I should work out what it is. Get the transfer sheet out and put one of the honor markings. Yeah. I, I think so. I think it'd be a nice way of, it'd be a nice way of like honoring that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so it, it was a good game, good fun. Uh, I like the that missions from I believe originates from Battle Missions book yeah. way back in like the end of fifth edition maybe. Um, and I remember playing it then and thinking it was hilarious and it was really cool to see it here. Um, I really enjoyed that. that. Was in terms of mission, that's probably my favorite mission that we played over the weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that was that was good fun. Bummer, um, I missed it. And yeah, and th- then we go into our game three. So this is the end of the day. Played two heavy games. Um, my second game was very, very kind of tight. And uh, then we went into our last game thinking, oh God, we would really like dinner. We need to get this game done. I, don't know, I felt like that. I was, I was kind of, before we'd been paired up and I knew where I was playing and who I was playing, um, I felt a bit like, oh man, I kind of want this to be over a bit quickly just yeah. so that I can kind of chill out for the rest of the evening. Yeah, I, I was more like, I just want to go to sleep now. Um, <laughs> so the next mission was mission three, Iron Town, um, which was a calculated victory for the traitors winning the last round. Um, with a deployment map was Dawn of War. Um, the Where are we going? That's the wrong mouse again. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> So the deployment map was Dawn of War, so 12-inch deployment, 24-inch No Man's Land. There was a single objective in the middle. Um, so at the end of the game, each player received uh, one victory point for each enemy unit that has been completely destroyed. However, mm. players instead received two victory points, each HQ or elite units destroyed. Units that are falling back are not on the board and at the end of the game are considered destroyed. Surviving No Man's Land, so at the end of your opponent's turn, you earn two victory points if you control the primary objective marker in the middle of the board. Um, so we had a fountain on our board. Uh, so we used that as the primary objective marker. And nice. all of the Marines wanted to throw a penny in to get their wishes to come true. Um, <laughs> so, so um, go on. Go on. So, I was so, going to so, say. So go on, you go. I was going to say, uh, we had one of the um, ferromatic furnaces. Yeah. Like it was bang in the middle of the board already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just went, that's the objective. We're all trying to refuel. Yeah. I've got, I've got a load of tanks and my opponent had a Thunderhawk. Yeah. So we're all we're all after that that fuel. Um, cool. Go, go through your game quickly. Sure. So uh, I played Paul's buddy Shaw, listener of the show and long term friend and sexy man. Um, he brought a way a lake way a lake. Uh, he brought a praetor, uh, command squad with chain fists, red butchers, uh, terminators, terminators, tactical squad, fifteen man tactical squad. That is with additional close combat weapons, chain axes, power fists, and melter bombs. Uh, and then uh, so that was three fifteen man tactical squads and a leviathan siege dreadnought. I brought my same list that I've already gone through, so I'm not going to go through it again. Most notable thing in the game was um, a praetor with uh divining blades and digital lasers um 
absolutely murderizing my entire um, Dawnbreaker cohort. Like literally <laughs> in one turn, killed five of them. Just delete. Yeah, so it's just instant deaths on five of them. Um, Sanguinius, I, I use him as Sanguinius ablative armor. Um, so basically have them surround him uh, and he charged uh, Sanguinius and uh, the Dawnbreakers on my um, on my turn got, I think, one plus initiative. So they all went first, murderized most of the squad and left the Praetor on his own. And then the Praetor got his own back and killed me. Uh, Sanguinius <laughs> was fine, though. He got a wound. Um, oh, of course. So that was the coolest part. This was the first game where actually the way that I'd like to play my army actually happened. Uh, so yeah. the... Um, I went first, Paul didn't steal the steal it, so I dropped all of my squads within like five inches of of, of his squads. Where he infiltrated all of his all of his tactical squads. So they were in the middle of the board. I was in the middle of the board, facing down three land raiders with these terminators in. Um the Dawnbreakers went and went with Sangrinius and Deep Struck in right in the middle of everyone, and, and everyone again, of course, just turned and aimed at Sangrinius. I think Paul fluffed several times the last cannon shots from all three land raiders into sanguinius so the oh. point where i think sanguinius is on like one or two wounds and i was like oh my god he's gonna die oh my god he's gonna die oh my god he's gonna die and uh paul just couldn't make a roll so even <laughs> with the even with the re-rolling uh, obviously for twin linked um yeah i i ended up winning um i think it came down to like the the Dawnbreakers, uh, sorry, the the Angels Tears who have metal bombs with the Moratat, um, basically swept right to left, taking out the Land Raiders. The Moratat decided to um, fail his cheap strike, which was quite a common theme for him. Uh, I am too aggressive and decided to deep strike into a Land Raider, uh, which <laughs> then caused him to be placed on the corner of the board. Um, which then caused him to have to run across the board to try and do something with his dual melter pistols. Um, but yeah, it was a very good game. I think it came down to um, one squad, the the um, one of the one of Paul's tactical squads um, survived. Like three men of them ran away, regrouped, came back, and two Angels Tear squad and a Mortar. I think couldn't kill him, couldn't kill them. So I ended up having <laughs> to bring Sanguinius over to just. Just finish him the off because it just wasn't happening. Um, but it was a really good game. I really enjoyed it. It's always a pleasure to play Paul. He's he is a fantastic, chilled and laid out, uh, laid out, lay a chilled and laid back opponent, and um, thoroughly enjoyed playing that game. And, and it, it was quite nice to play a friendly face as my last mm. game on 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 the uh, uh, on on the Saturday night. But yeah, you so played a Thunderhawk. <laughs> I did. So uh, to my shame. But that was the second game of the weekend. So your first game against uh, Eric Solar Auxilia and then seeing you deep strike right in the face of a World Eaters army. Yeah. I was like, Sam's dead. Like both games, I thought you'd just absolutely been destroyed. That's and then you're fun. like, no, I won both. I was like, what? Like, so, oh, wow. So okay. Interestingly, with the Eric game, the Moratat also deep strike mishapped. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that was into a squad of like 20, 20 boys. I think I rolled, I think I rolled a double six on yeah. the scatter um, and he got placed in the corner again uh, and then ended up spending the entire game chasing down Aleem and Russ that yeah. was slowly reversing away from him while it shooting sounds, him with a battle cannon 
It sounds like your scatter dice were like my Terminator saves of the weekend. Really? Um, <laughs> very easily failed. Uh, um, I, I, I always bring Terminators and I forget how much I hate bringing Terminators because I cannot make two up saves. Do you know what I was anyway. thinking? I was thinking for the, uh, after the weekend, I was like, oh, man, I want more Terminators. I want to play uh, some Terminator games. Yeah, no. um so i I played keith townsend from the mourn of all podcast uh another essex native so so far out of my three games i've played two guys from essex which is just a a fun little joke we had together um and this was probably one of my favorite games if not my favorite game of the weekend uh keith really laid back and really fun to play against it was really cool to meet him um, and he brought a kind of unorthodox list, I guess, because he had a Thunderhawk. So he went, why not bring a Thunderhawk? Um, there are many reasons why not, and we will go into those. He's um, in his Thunderhawk because he's, he needs it for a, an event that he's running yes, as well. Yes, so yeah. So he's got an event end of April, early May. It's the weekend at Straddles, I believe, um, which Simon and Frosty and I think maybe even James is going to. Right. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's fun three narrative thing. Um, uh, yeah, which he bought the Thunderhawk for, and then he said, well, I might as well bring it to an event. So he brought Sons of Horus. He had Milagos the Twisted, who was inside the Thunderhawk, of course. Um, he had a Pratch on a bike and some attack bikes. They were all in the Thunderhawk. Um, then he had, I believe it was a heavy weapon squad and a vet squad on the board. The vet squad were in a Rhino. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Oh, he had, uh, yeah, of course there was. He had these Just Aaron um, Terminators, uh, the Elite inside a Dreadclaw, and then he had a, a Leviathan in a Dreadnought Drop Pod, and then, was it another, it might have been another Vet Squad in a second Dreadclaw. Do you, do you, sorry, do you want his list? No, it's okay, that's fine. Um, okay. I, I think that's fine. Um, so, yeah, so it was a very kind of daunting, big, model you know like the dread claws quite chunky the leviathan in a dreadnought drop pod again very big chunky resin and it was just like oh flip but i got the first turn and he only had a rhino and a heavy support squad on this board so my two medusas went to work and my vindicator blast went to work and um by by the end of turn one he had two vets still alive and that was it um and then he had two two drop pods come in he's uh just Aaron came down and deleted a land raider instantly with some combi melters, which was a bit scary. And then my suzerains had to get out. Um, oh no, that was the vet squad. Sorry, not the Just Aaron. The vet squad got out and nuked the land raider, and they're kind of a suicide unit. He was saying. Um, and then yeah, my suzerains got out and were very angry at them, <laughs> um, and it did not go well for the veterans, I must say. Um, and then his leviathan came down right in front of my warlord. Now the key to this mission was that uh, the loyalists had spent some battle points. So one of the systems that uh, Edge of Empires run was this bounty system where you could challenge people on higher points than you. And then alongside that, you earned battle points for your arm, your uh, faction. So if you're a loyalist and you won, you might have earned two, etc., etc. And you could spend them on upgrading everybody's army. And we decided that we were going to, because we were behind, we needed to, to win that round, that third game round. So we spent our points to uh, have minus one reserve to our enemies, um, to the traitors, while our warlord was still alive. Now, most of his army was inside a Thunderhawk, waiting to come on the board. Right. So he was like, I need to destroy that 
Predator tank. So he brought his Leviathan down about two inches from it, melted it, and caused one glance with two melters. I literally was like, the squeaky bum time is not even half of it. <laughs> um, and then I ensued in shooting many twinning las cannons, las cannons, um, combi weapons, anything I could fire at it. And I ended up having to charge it with my terminators out of my other land raider. And I eventually destroyed it so that it couldn't hurt my warlord, giving me the minus one, which then meant that his um, other dreadclaw didn't come in until turn four automatically because he failed. He rolled a three, which would have normally come in, but because of our minus one meant they had to be delayed. Yeah. The Thunderhawk, however, did arrive. That that was a common theme for the yeah. event was failing rolls. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so his Thunderhawk came in and looked very, very scary. And um, uh, pretty much he was kind of flying it in the middle of the center of the board, just popping at things, shooting its las cannons, heavy bolters, infantry, um, whatever. My solar auxilia um, parked up on the objective and just got out and stood on the objective. Now, the center objective of this mission, um, every turn you held it in you, at the end of your opponent's turn, earned you two points alongside the victory points. Um, so I was basically just banking on them being left alone while my tanks were being the main targets and scoring me points, which is what happened for the majority of the game. Um, I ended up blowing up a Thunderhawk. Now, a Thunderhawk is uh, armor 12, cannot jink because it's so big, even though it's a flyer, and has nine hull points. So I shot it to death with a bunch of Predator cannons Nice. At strength seven and twin link las cannons snapshotting from my land raiders. And it eventually came down on the head of Malagurst and the bikers that got out and was a lovely D strength template and wiped a bunch of them out as well. So it was very cool. I also had a secret mission to kill all the independent characters. Oh, yeah. And uh, technically, he did that by dropping a Thunderhawk on them because the, the Predator and the Malagurst just obliterated themselves with D strength, instant death, murdering bit of Thunderhawk burning from the sky. Um, so that was really good fun and just epic. And it was really, really fun game, really tight as well. Cause he was just starting like last couple of turns. He just stopped, started popping damaged tanks. Um, and the game ended. I won eighteen seventeen. I won by one point. So it was a very hard-fought victory, but really good fun end of the day and probably my favorite game of the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And and I destroyed a Thunderhawk. So in two games, I've killed a Primark and a Thunderhawk. So I'm pretty pretty happy about that. Um, but, yeah, that that was the end of our, our gaming adventure of, of Saturday night. Um, anything else you want to add about gaming for Saturday? No. Not really. It was really good. No. I really enjoyed it. It was nice to play pool. We only got some food. Stayed up well too late. Yeah, uh, like half two, I think it was. Yeah, and then um, went to bed and, and woke up the next day for the next day of gaming. Um, so next day, because it's uh, a five-game event, there was only two games, which was nice because I mean, we got to leave fairly okay on time to get back at 10 o'clock at night. Um, and um, yeah, what, what did you... What did you you think of the the fourth game? What did you what did you run? Who did you play? Sorry. Um, so I played a guy called Nile, and I played his Iron Warriors. Um, so 
it was a very scary list, certainly on paper. I've never played Iron Warriors at 3K before. But the only person in our group that has them is Tom, and he's got a 1,500-point ZM list. Um, and this was uh, a list that had uh, Perturabo in it, a bunch of Tyrant Siege Terminators, um, a pr- uh, not a Prevain, what's the other one? Master of Signal, um, Apothecaries, Iron Havocs, three Tax Squads, um, Medusas, and the Artillery uh, Rapiers. So uh, that shoot frag and it's not crack. I don't think they've got a different name. Um, but yeah, so lots of artillery blast templates, high strength, um, kind of very much matching my own list really with the Medusas and the vindicators and stuff. And then a bunch of two up save units. Nice. Um, now what I will say about this game is that, um, I was just petrified of this wall of Terminators that were walking towards me. Yeah. So all of my shots went at this one unit, which was 10 Terminators, Perturabo, Apothecary, well, Primus Medicae, I should say, the HQ version, and the Master of Signal. Um, so much so that turn one, I had killed seven Terminators and Perturabo. Oh, nice. So yeah, one turn Primark. My Malkador Infernus, uh, this is where it shot twice in in a game. This is the only game that it shot. <laughs> um, and it, it did some lovely damage. So the Malkador Infernus has, I had upgraded it to have the chemical uh, munitions, which means that it's a torrent, so 18 inches from the flamer. Then you put the apocalyptic flamer template down and everything under it gets hit. Is it... Is it over 18 inches? No, or, 18 or, inches. Or it, it, can it be less than 18 inches? No. Okay. 18 inches. So torrent is you have to put the small part of the flamer template at the 18-inch mark. Oh, but you can so shoot backwards, though. No, you cannot have the the wider part of the flamer closer to your tank than the small part. Okay. You can have it like 90 degrees, but you can't go back on yourself. Right. Okay, I see. Um, so you have to keep it fairly decent distance. Yeah, um, to actually get those shots off, um, and I think now that I've played with one and had a bit of fun with it, I could potentially not run it again. Well, um, yeah, like it's cool. I I see it more of like a four K, five K kind of vehicle where it, there's really? enough on the board where you won't necessarily instantly shoot it. So this is the only game I got to shoot it in. Um, against Keith, I put it in reserve so that I could bring it on and then shoot it. Because Chris uh, Page, one of the guys that we were meeting up there, one of Mark's friends, who's coming to our event as well, which is really cool, um, he suggested putting it in reserve so that even if it turned up, you know, turn four because you rolled badly, it would always get to shoot that big giant flamer and maybe even win you a game, shoot someone off an objective late game. Um, and I thought that was really inspiring. So I did that against Keith. But when I brought it in, all of my tanks were in the way. So I couldn't get the template down unless hitting my own unit. Uh, and you can't do that. No. Um, you're not allowed to do that. So um, so I couldn't shoot it. And then in this game, I was like, do you know what? I'm going first. I'm going to hope he doesn't seize. And I'm just going to shoot it, which is what happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, it's like I say, it's chem munition. So it's um, the torrent. 
uh, for placing it, you work out how many you're under the template. Then it's a poison two up, so it always wins on a two plus as long as they're inventory based models. Um, and it uh, is AP two. So you imagine this squad of 10 one wound terminators uh, very fastly disappeared, even with the feel no pain. Um, they kind of started getting popped, and Perturabo was trying to take saves for them, but. Uh, Niall didn't roll amazingly, so they they he lost quite a few wounds, and then it was just like twinning Laz Cannon after twinning Laz Cannon, Vindicator shells, Medusa shells, everything went into this unit and just tried to delete it. Um, it took me three more turns to actually fully kill that squad, including the characters. Um, but yeah, it was uh, uh, a task that I took on very very quickly because I knew they were the real threat of the list. Um, I think the only kind of highlights for me um, in that game was obviously, you know, killing the Primarch and doing well there. His Medusas were just murdering me. Being an Iron Warrior, he as long as he had a guy with line of sight within a certain distance, they were only scattering D6, so they were very accurate and just popping tanks. Yeah. Uh, whereas I use my Medusas mainly for anti-inventory. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool to see them do the opposite. Um, and yeah, just again, late game, just his army was so good at just pop that one wound left on the aurochs on the predator on this on that and he just racked up score that i just couldn't catch um so so i I did end up losing that game um one of the hilarious highlights was that i scattered my own medusa shells eight inches back towards myself uh directly back towards myself which landed on my three remaining terminators and deleted the squad Oh, Matthew. <laughs> it was it was brilliant. And they were literally set to charge him holding a home objective. Oh. Um, so, yeah. But that's the way the dice painful. wheels it. It's fine. Yeah. So so this was mission, I, I should have said, this mission, the traitors had like to roll a D6 table for like a secret objective. Right. Um, and uh, whatever they got was their way of winning. Um, his were rather than the objectives costing three victory points as normal if they were in his deployment zone he would get five points and he was on two of them so he ended up getting 10 points rather than six points which took him like way above me being able to catch him yeah um uh yeah so it was just kind of a, a very bloody mission i think he had you know, uh, attack squad that just sat on the back on the objective and didn't get involved in anything. Half attack squad on the other one, a Medusa left and his artillery that I just could never really see. And I had maybe three tanks and I believe two suzerains left out of my entire 3k force. Um, MVPs for that game though, and actually over the whole weekend, um, my Solar Auxilia command squad, two plasma guns and a plasma pistol, Blew up two Medusas, killed Terminators, killed characters, um, did all right against the Night Lords, um, and actually helped on, on killing like Justerian and Vet squads on the uh, Sons of Horus game as well. They they racked up a real bloody tally over the weekend, and I was quite surprised at how much damage you can do with such a kind of little squad that aren't priority. So they weren't getting targeted that much, and that meant they could just keep shooting those plasmas, and they were really doing damage. It sounds like it was a good game. Yeah, it was really good. It was probably my... Well, I, uh, the problem is, right, I had five games. Um, not to Simon's fault, but the first game was kind of 
a bit irrelevant because it was over so quickly and I just couldn't really have any answer for his world eaters. Um, the other th- four games that I played felt like there was always a chance of me winning. They were fairly close, possibly not the fifth one in terms of closeness, but um, uh, yeah, it was. I, I had some really, really good games over the weekend and I can't really argue. And again, at this point, out of three games out of three, I've killed two Primarchs and a Thunderhawk. Mm. So um, it seemed like I was a bit of a prize fighter over the weekend and just killing big stuff. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was my Sunday morning game. What about yours? So I played Curtis Spears. Uh, Curtis is also uh, a member of the Throwing Dice podcast, so I, I managed got to, the whole set. Yeah, I managed to get my ass kicked by by both uh, hosts <laughs> of the podcast. So um, I don't wish to beat around the bush here. I got absolutely murderized yet again. Um, Death so, Guard. Yeah, Curtis brought Death Guard, which interestingly. We were talking about me doing a Death Guard army as well. Yes, so, you wanted to do a Traitor's Legion list. Yeah, I, I think this we is definitely with the idea. sealed the deal. So the objectives for this, for me, was of, or, or for the table, um, it was a, a, I think it was a 12-inch deployment, two objectives, three objectives, sorry, um, and they were two in his home deployment, which actually was his secret objective, was to hold two objectives in your own deployment. Oh, okay, same um, as my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he did pretty well there. Um, I... Again, I think I went too aggressive. Um, I deep struck um, Sanguinius with uh, the Dawnbreakers right in front of his Stormlord. Uh, so his list, he brought a uh, Death Shroud Terminators. So three, they're basically the um, they're basically Mortarians bodyguards. Uh, he brought them in a Land Raider Phobios, uh, a ten man Terminator squad, two seven man veteran tactical squads. In, in uh, I thought both of those were inside. Oh no. no! There was one in a rhino. Wasn't yeah, there? two veteran tactical squads. Um, a tactical squad in a rhino. So ten man uh, tactical squad in a rhino. A tactical support squad um, with chem munitions. A grave warden terminator squad, uh, also in a land radio proteus mortarium, and a stormlord, a super heavy assault yeah. tank. Yeah. So everything that wasn't in vehicles. So the terminator squad, uh, the nine man terminator squad. What was his right of veteran tactical squad? Uh, both veteran tactical squads was inside the Stormlord. Uh, he brought the one which means you can bring two super heavies. Ah, I was going to say because he's got Martarian and the Stormlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, whatever it is. So basically, ah, so you got first turn. His deployment was uh, yeah, I did get first turn. His deployment was the Stormlord in the middle, and then a uh, a, a, a land raider on either side, and then a rhino in the corner, hidden, tucked behind. Uh, the the terrain next near an objective uh, so I was like sure cool let's do this um, I did my normal brought in my <laughs> my rhino with its with its 24 inch deployment no scatter bubble uh, I deep struck everything on the right hand side of the board um, with inside the 24 inches and Sanguinius with his boys uh, don't scatter so they literally dropped right next to the land raider with Motarian in it um <laughs> So it was good. It effectively, I got wiped. I got tabled. Uh, the last thing alive was my, uh, my, my um, command rhino, uh, which Mortarion um, helpfully chased down uh, <laughs> on the other side of the board using his 10-inch shunt or whatever it is. How, how nice of him. How nice of him, indeed. Um, it, all, all in all, right, it was actually a really good game. It yeah. was great to play an army that I have never played before. And... Um, 
it definitely made me respect them being that they're quite an old faction and they haven't got the latest and greatest rules. They're no dark angels, right? Dark angels are, 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 are the last. The, faction to be the released. hotness. Yeah. So they're not the hotness, but actually they still hold their own. Like, and it they're was so brutal. They've always been strong. And it was always, it was uh, an instru- extremely um, kind of fluffy list. Uh, everything had like flamers on it. Lots of stuff died. I killed lots of his stuff, but I just got tabled. It was what it was. It was Mortarium uh, just running through two 15-man assault squads. Um, both times he went into assault, he um, won, obviously, and then uh, he swept them. So he just just took off 16 men from the board straight away. Yeah, he's, he's very good against those. I yeah. think like... If you know what your Primarch's good at and you then make that happen, yeah. you're you're on to a winner. Yeah, like yeah. when I played the Night Lords, um, watching Kurz just jump from tank to tank because yeah. Rear Armor's 10. So he goes, well, I've got seven attacks at strength seven on yeah. the charge or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like threes to glance. I've got lightning claws, so I get to re-roll the wounds. Yeah, it, He was just going, yep, deleted, yep, deleted, yep, deleted. Uh, I was the- like, wow. And the, the, everything, all of my list did stuff. It wasn't by any means just a walk in the park. Like I took out his land raider with the uh, Terminators, the, the three Terminators inside, who then immediately got out and punched my Angel's Tears in the face uh, and they killed all of those. My 15-man squad with um, a, a apothecary and the Chaplain was probably the MVP. They took out nice. the 10-man Terminator squad on their own um, and then they took out the Flamer squad on their own and then they went into, I think it took, who was it? Oh, it took uh, getting the Stormlord shot to shoot them in the face and then uh, a Laz Cannon shooting them in the face, Laz Cannon shooting them in the face and then being charged by the um, the, the Death Shroud Terminators as well to actually kill them. Um, so <laughs> they, they did a lot of damage on their own. Uh, and I think all that was left was the Stormlord, um, the Stormlord, the Grave Warden Terminators with their weird arm um, cannon things uh, and then um, Mortarian and one tax squad. So it was it was a bloody fight. It was bloody. Yeah. Um. But it, it I I got tabled and um, but it, I've never had so much fun being tabled. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Good. That's I enjoyed good. it. Uh, moving swiftly on, because we are now hitting uh, kind of where we wanted to finish time wise. Um, we had mission <laughs> one more f- game. One more game. We had mission five, which was called the Ancient Road. Now this was probably the most complicated of all of the games. It was the final one on the day. It, it was. Um, I really enjoyed it. I forgot half of these rules, as did my opponent, because it is quite complicated. The- we chose to ignore them, right? Me and my opponent, and um, we ignored the extra demon world rules. Yeah. So it was like a two d six roll, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. And uh, you had a result, and that turn everything got this or took this or yeah. i think one of them you got was like large blasts that fell from the sky yeah so so um, the main objective of the game was to for the traitors to get within three inches of a a certain point on the deployment zone of yeah, the, which the represented a warp portal because yeah, they were so. almost going well we've already won this world because traitors had won the campaign at this point yeah. so they were using this warp portal to go I don't know, get somewhere else. We don't know where yet. Yeah. That's, I think that's probably the way into their next narrative trilogy, probably. Yeah. Um, um, and the yeah. loyalist had to, the way the loyalist would won would be to prevent traitors from reaching the tunnel and you'd earn two victory points for heavy support or super heavy vehicles um, that were completely destroyed in the game or one victory point for all other units completely destroyed in the game. 
um, as well. Now, there was uh, Slay the Warlord, Attrition, and Last Man Standing. And, and as Matt said, there was some uh, Demon World rules, which would do some fun stuff. Um, so, um, Fury of the Ancient Gods, total of D6, such attacks have been resolved. Player making the attacks place a large blast marker um, on a location of their choice and scatters 2D6. It's a strength of 10 AP2. So, uh, you have potentially six templates coming down on top of uh on, on top of people you do take it in turns so you place one i place one you place one um so that was quite cool uh I, that's the one i had you have other fun stuff as well it, it's yeah. quite a lot to go through we, we're not going to go through we, all of it we but. no no we rolled for the first one got the nothing happens yeah and then just completely forgot about them and by turn four which i think is the last turn we got to yeah um See, we I, were like, I, ah, well, we haven't done it for two turns. Let's just ignore yeah. it. <laughs> I, I just don't feel like in my game I needed it. it. Like our game was fun without it, and we didn't need this yes. added kind of like messing around. So, um, I, I in my game, so the, sorry, the deployment was uh, like a, an L shape in quarters, um, and you deploy fairly normally from there. It's a twelve inch from the edge along the half of the board, and then half of the short board edge as well. So, like an L shape. Um, I ended up playing what was his name? Was it Henry, Henry. Collier? Wasn't it? Yes, so I ended up playing Henry. Now I w- I played Henry because um, I wanted to play a what's the name? Uh, Empress Children. I wanted to play an Empress yes. Children force um, because I like the idea of Emperor's Children and I like the purple and it was something completely different and he had a beautiful faction that he played. Mm. He he brought a uh, a combined force so he brought a uh, right of war of sacrifice, sacrificial offering he had a herald a champion an apothecary detachment with two apothecaries in there two assault squads uh, Xiphon um, Interceptor a Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter and a Storm Eagle uh, Assault Gunship also a Fire Raptor gunship and a Jet Bike uh, Sky Slayer squad with plasma cannons. He also brought his secondary uh, faction, which was um, a Warrior Elite Survivors of the Dark Age, so kind of like the the, the traitor version of uh, Solo Auxilia, or, or um, what are they called, the other one? Uh, Militia. Militia. So he had a Force Commander, uh, three laser destroyer array, uh, rapier carriers, 20-man squad of grenadiers, and then a 50-man squad of uh, levy auxiliaries, so just normal guys with las cabines of vexilla frag grenades. Um, and they all tuck nicely behind a Aegis defense line. Now, his right of war means that all of his marines don't come on the board straight away. You roll for them as reserves. Um, so when we played our game, he had all of his guys tucked neatly behind the Aegis defense line. And I actually, for once, deployed very conservatively. Um, <laughs> I bunched three, two of my assault squads around the objective thinking, well, if you want to come for the objective, come for the objective. But there's going to be a 15, there's going to be 30 Marines here waiting for you. Um, I aggressively deployed my Sanguinius right next to his lines. I used my template from the... Uh, from from the command rhino and blew up a uh, well most of the fifty man auxiliary squads, which then caused them or some of the fifty man auxiliary squad and also the rapier carriers, um, which then meant that they got blown away and ran away and left and ran off the board because they were deployed on the oh, board. Oh wow, because they were so close, yeah. Yeah, and then so all that you had left was the Aegis defense line and then a twenty man grenadier squad. 
<laughs> um, which also meant that he didn't get, because he had his agent's defense line had a commons relay, which improves the chance of him getting the guys in. But he has to have people within like two inches of it, and they weren't because I made them oh, run away. No. So Sanguinius, when he came down, was sat next to this twenty man squad, um, and my um, my uh, what are they called. God, how am I always Dawnbreakers? My Dawnbreakers have um, frag cannon launchers on their wrists. Yes. So I just templated down. Uh, Sanguinius um, didn't waste his shot on on lowly, uh, on, on lowly auxilia guys. Um, but then second turn came, he got no reserves in. Uh, so <laughs> did, did, went, he went and charged Sanguinius. Sanguinius then murderized. Or he failed his charge, actually. Sanguinius then charged him on, on my second turn and then wiped the squad which meant that he didn't, he was tabled. Yeah, he was done. He was done. Wow. It was like a mirror image of my first game. Yeah, but just on a bigger scale. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, at that point, I was like, hey, do you, do you want to bring your guys in? We'll just bring them in. You can roll for them and bring them in and, and we'll continue our game. Um, or if you want to, I understand it, it is fifth game. If you want to pack up and go, like, just let whatever you want to do i'm happy to do like we continue and he to his credit was just like cool let's just play let's carry on playing um so he brought them in it was really fun uh the assault squads charging into each other caused lots of carnage there he killed an entire assault squad with his uber squad uh i then brought in another assault squad with the chaplain also some angels tears uh to come in as well um and uh charge in and, and wipe out that squad his flyers absolutely berated my storm eagle um yeah, oh, but yeah. it survived like three turns before were you just jinking up. like mad yeah, yeah 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 uh so it, it did pretty well the jet bikes did pretty well got some pot shots off i think all of his flies actually survived um we ended the game at that point at turn five uh and and and, and kind of got on with the rest of it but it was really fun it was nice to play a faction i don't normally play uh, mm. and see all of their crazy Empress children challenge stuff that they get. Because I have to, <laughs> as a Blood Angel player with my rival, I have to accept or make challenges. So, which is not great when you're going against um, that squad or that that, that faction because they get crazy bonuses in it. Yeah, yeah. They've always been slightly weaker than I think they should be. Oh, yeah. They should um, absolutely and, be, uh, be more monstrous. A lot, a lot of people have been saying, looking at some of the... Uh, playtest leaks that happen for the new edition that they're going to get a bit more teeth in combat that's cool which is good they should because get it. they're they should get it. super swordsman right yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um, um yeah but anyway that was the game uh thoroughly enjoyed it i i mean what was your end uh total for the the week then so you had what three wins four wins what three wins two losses Oh, three wins, two losses, and the two losses were pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the two losses were tables. Um, yeah, but the wins were were pretty pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Um, really cool. enjoyed playing, and and that mission especially. I would like to play it again and remember the the special rules. Um, just yeah. because it would be quite cool to to have some of the stuff happen. So like, I think this like terrain can just move, and yeah, yeah. So it was quite cool. So yeah, it's one of these things, right, where you've got the end of a narrative weekend, you want the big crescendo at the end, the big kind of battle of all battles. Yeah. But everyone's played five games I and think everyone's if, thinking about the journey home. If they did turn tough. if they did that for game three, if they did that for game three on the Saturday, that would have been really cool. Because I think it would have been better as four first game on Sunday. Do you think? Okay. Yeah. Although, you know, people were still a bit tired from 
way too late being up and stuff, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know if there's ever really a good time to just bash it out unless you open crazy and then tame it down. But then it feels a bit weird as well. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those weird, difficult things, right? Like, so, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the mission for me felt very difficult because I played Mark's Demons. This is Frosty. Um, so Mark pulled out a random crazy stat that me and him have never played a game, which I don't know is actually true, but he insists that is true, and it could well be. Uh, the last few years, I've been very difficult to get games with, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, so he wanted to play me, and the last game of the weekend, the Edge of Empire guys kind of say, you know, if there's someone you really want to play, come and tell us and we'll try and make that happen. So so that happened. Um, but demons get their crazy portals to deploy and they only need to be about 12 inches away. So he was right in front of my deployment zone at turn one. Um, so we played in a quarter of the board pretty much. Nice. Um, and I knew that I couldn't take his list as a kind of man-to-man. So what I chose to do is ignore everything that was big and scary and try and kill his scoring units. Um, the unfortunate thing, and this is where I kind of agree with Sam, uh, scoring units for demons, the lesser demons, are still unbelievably tough, um, especially when they're close to their portals because they get extra buffs and rerolls and stuff. Um, so uh, he brought all his guys out of the portals, uh, my turn one was pretty much nothing because he had nothing on the board, uh, which I also think needs to be fixed. I think there needs to be some form of deployment. Yep. So I literally just reshuffled my line and then gave up my first turn. And then he turned up and started vector striking, flying out of a portal to vector strike. Like, I've got nothing I can do about that. Um, so that that was, uh, yeah, quite painful. Um, and then I just decided to shoot everything I could at his lesser demons and then charge him with my suzerains and my terminators um, and just try and hold him away from the 12 inch single objective. Um, and by turn three, it looked like I was actually going to be able to do that because mm. I'd, I'd just wield enough of the lesser demons to keep them away. Yes. His big guys were doing psychic powers, buffing things and blowing up, the odd tank here and there taking whole points off. Um, but I was keeping his scoring out and that's all I needed to do. The yeah. only thing I needed to do on top of that to win the game was kill a single unit, but I just could not do it. They were just too tough, too many saves, feel no pains, psychic powers. I couldn't do it. Now my five suzerains up against a large squad of lesser demons were still in combat turn four. They did amazingly. Yeah. <coughs> but the problem is, his, they're, they're 200 points. They also had a Forge Lord, which was reducing their toughness by one due to rad grenades. Um, and I still couldn't kill this 170-point unit with a 400-point uber combat unit. And this is where I think demons need work. Um, because I think if, the, if you're 170-point 20 model troop choice can't be killed by a 400 point space marine unit that is made for combat then do you know, something's slightly wrong do you know what makes me laugh even more if you talk to most demon players 
in open conversation, they're like, yeah, yeah, they, it, it, they could be toned down a bit. But then when you start challenging them on things, they're like, no, you can't take that away. No, you yeah, can't take that you away. Take that away, they'll be rubbish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then uh, if you're at the top of the mountain, you don't want to be taken down a peg either. Like, I get it. Um, uh, so, yeah, so it was really fun. It was a really good game. Um, Mark, you know, was, it was nice again to play a friend. So it was quite chilled. We were just playing each other, having fun, chatting. Um, laughing at silly things that happened, but I just couldn't keep him away. He got one of his units in scoring, so he ended up getting... He killed my Warlord, which I think was D3, and then he had the one scoring unit, so I think it ended 4-0 to him, um, ending my weekend officially on one win and four losses, um, but technically I got that early win against James, so I'm 2-4, to four. <laughs> if you include that, that you know, non-official... Um, fun game that we had on Friday night. Um, I had a great weekend. Uh, the one thing about Company of Legends, I think, was true the last time we went, and from people who have been more regularly than than we have, and I've kind of heard, Company of Legends are kind of known for having strong lists, but really good, fun games. And this weekend was a, an example of that. You know, there were three Demon players, three Custode players, you know, um, the Death Guard list that you played was very good. Simon's World Eaters list is very strong. Um, James's Dark Angels list is very well thought out. Um, you don't, you know, to turn up with a kind of middle of the road, ah, it'll be okay, I'm just here for a laugh, you will probably get hit pretty hard. Um, I put myself a little bit in that category. Things like the Infernus kind of picked me up, but, yeah, you know, I had assault units in a, a tank company because I just wanted to have some fun rather than, investing in Sikarans and all the kind of normal stuff you would yeah. see on a top tier list. Um, and yeah, and I got four losses because of that, probably. Um, I don't think I made that many tactical errors or issues. There were a few dice rolls that didn't go my way. That's fine. You can't work on those. And they're actually part of the fun of the game. Um, it was just the list was strong, but every single person I played had a, such a great attitude towards the game was there for the same reason as me, just wanting to have fun in Heresy. And so I came away feeling really kind of happy that I'd played more Heresy games than I have in the last four years in one weekend. And, I, and you know, on top of that, with all the leaks of Heresy 2.0 and, and stuff, we kind of went home very energized on what could we do next? How, where are we going to play next? Oh, let's yeah. try and play more at home. So it, so, was, it was really cool. So what do you think, First off, did you enjoy yourself? And and mm. is, would you want to go to another event? Yeah, I think I would love to go to a new, another event. I'd like to go to an event slightly closer, right? Um, than 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 up at uh, Durham. Um, I mean, I would I would never rule out going to Company of Legends. Been twice and enjoyed both very much. Um, I like the residential feel, hanging out with people, getting to know other people. Um. I think me and James, and maybe it was a bigger group, I can't remember now, but uh, we're chatting about the whole idea of residential. I think it was the first residential event he'd ever been to. Right. And because he knew people that were going and people that you know, were chatting regularly with him, it didn't feel that much of a kind of barrier to jump over. Yeah. Um, and and I think that is the key to, to a, nar uh, not a narrative, a residential event. I think I'd want to make sure that I was going with people or I knew a group yeah. of people yeah. going. Not I think you've got to be quite brave to just be like, cool, whatever, I'll share a room with, with strangers. Yeah, no, totally, yeah. And like, we, yeah, we didn't 
in the end we knew everyone that was in our room right yeah which is cool um, which is cool i think i think yeah. it's just one of those things which you kind of have to be ready for that if you're going to go yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah so i enjoyed that aspect of it um but yeah i'd like to to do another heresy event um uh it, it's tough to get away from family and find the time and uh it being the same weekend as other people's availability because i'd always like to go up with at least someone else i think because if you're going to stay in a hotel whatever you can split that cost and you've got someone to debrief with and hang out with who will will always kind of lighten the mood if there were any issues or anything at an event um because i'd hate to go somewhere on my own and have maybe a just a bad experience and that kind of taint your weekend and then you haven't got anyone to go oh yeah but your first game was good and you were really liking this and it's like oh actually yeah it wasn't that bad you know yeah i I think having someone to kind of walk side by side with you um is is quite nice for events yeah um but yeah I'd, i'd certainly like to do another one and uh i think probably next year maybe try and get get to one this year we've got our own one in october yeah um and then yeah hopefully go to one in 2023 yeah i i think it's definitely maybe come back from maybe really invigorated for the hobby for 30k again like i i've already come back i've i on i went to london yesterday on monday to work and i took my Horace Heresy book. I was reading. Um, I've, I've started reading Damnation of Pythos again after oh. taking a break away from it, and it's just made me kind of super into it. Like this morning and yesterday morning on my my, my morning walk, I I was listening to a, another Heresy podcast to kind of get really into that. I've I've written a few lists. I was watching battle reports today. Like nice. something I don't watch battle reports. I think they're boring. I'd rather play the game, but I, it just made me want to. It made me want to 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 watch them again, and actually genuinely excited to to do some hobby. And like it's 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 Wednesday it's Wednesday tonight that we're recording, and normally we'd be on the or I'd be trying to go to the hobby hangout. And actually, I genuinely wanted to be there to do some painting. Yeah, and do yeah. Some building. We've, so, we've we've spent a bit too long on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, I I I think it's definitely pushed me in the right direction. I think I'm really excited to do it. I've I've organised what three games now over the next couple of weeks. Um, with different with various different yeah. people, so I think it's definitely pushed me in the right direction. And actually, the plan to do my uh, solo auxilia Krieg list has really kind of pumped me towards that as well. And and with the new edition coming out, I'm genuinely excited to get my hands on it and play some games. So yeah, I think it's it, mm. it's definitely reinvigorated it. And and I mentioned it to Kelly, and she was like, "Oh, every time you go away and do something, you always come back and be like, yeah, I should do more of that.' But yeah. Why not? I think it's cool. I've got these toys that I've paid quite a lot of money for. I might as well use them as much as possible, right? Totally, man. Totally, totally indeed. Right. Um, final thoughts, closing statements, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the event. I think something that I am taking away from it to put towards our event is trying to capture that that sense of enjoyment that everyone seemed to be having. And there was never really any issues over the weekend because yeah. everyone felt like they were there for that one unified reason of playing games and having fun. So I want to make sure that our event has that. I think also just being slightly careful and playing around with the missions a bit. Yeah. Um, I think there were a few things this weekend where I was like, uh, you know, yes, it was very specific to you, but that first mission kind of screwed up your whole, right of war um which is a bit frustrating um and like having the deep the demon world rules were really fun but 
I think so for me it was extra. more. It was more. Maybe it was the way they were written or something. Because there were some that I, I like the hunted versus hunters one. I kept having to reread it to understand. Yeah, there were a couple. Do. Yeah. So I think I think absolutely tailor your missions to the narrative that's going on. I think that's a really cool idea. And have like when in our event we're talking about having rather than having um, changes to the the missions each board is going to have an effect because it's that type of board. Like supply yes. caches, you might get re-rolls on ones or whatever. Um, yeah, that, that kind of fun tweaks that doesn't impact the mission. You don't need to be aware of it all the time, but it, it, it will tweak how how you play that game on that, that table. Um, I just think it, it, it's a little bit complicated. Or for me and my tiny brain, trying to understand changes like that it, it does it does hurt sometimes so yeah <laughs> yes no, indeed no I, I would you know i would say if you're thinking about going to events whether they're 30k 40k whatever um put yourself out there man find someone to go with you and just just go for it and, and hopefully have a really good time and and if it wasn't that great an event you don't have to go to that one again go search for others because there are so many events out there that clubs are running yeah. Uh, groups are running, podcasts are running, that you know, in Heresy and 40K, and uh, I always hear good things of them, and I, I'd like to do more. Um, so yeah, I guess part of this kind of mini episode is kind of going, hey, we had an amazing weekend together, having fun, meeting new friends, making uh, new acquaintances, and then just enjoying the hobby, yeah. and that's fueled us to push on with our hobby. And so, if you ever debated going to one and never quite push yourself to do it then get yourself out there and, and give it a go because i think you'll probably get a very similar effect to just enjoying this hobby that yeah sounds right we spend a lot of money on and a lot of time on go and show it off go and enjoy it with other people that maybe you don't talk to uh, that often or, or or at all and and find that common interest uh, bond over that yeah, it was a yeah. really cool weekend. Absolutely. And if you're interested in trying to find a Horace Heresy event near you, I'd implore you to go to Facebook and go to the UK Horace Heresy and Adeptus Titanicus event page. And there are uh, a whole host of events that are coming up. There's every month from now until the end of the year, there is at least, apart from August, weirdly, there is a, there is at least one event going mm. on. Um, Owls will be appearing soon, hopefully. It, yeah, absolutely. Ho- um, and there's one event going on in the UK. So if you're interested... There are events out there and absolutely go and try one close to home and and, and go and enjoy and play with your plastic toys. Right, on that note, uh, this has been a mini-sode that, that we were putting out because of the real-world problems that we've been getting into over the last month. Um, normal service will hopefully be resumed from, uh, from next month, from April. Um, so look out for that episode hitting you at the regular time. Um, but on that note, I've been Sam. I've been Matt. And Neil is not here, but this has been the Adeptus Terror podcast. Have a wonderful rest of your day and evening. Enjoy, guys. See you soon. Thanks for listening to another successfully recorded episode of the Adeptus Terror podcast. Join the conversation on the Adeptus Terror podcast community safe room on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at the Adeptus Terror podcast or email at the Adeptus Terror podcast at gmail.com if you just want to chat some math. Thanks again.